And welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman. And today my guest is Tanner Stuckman. He's a 2020 graduate from Quincy University with a degree in marketing. He also earned his master's in business and healthcare administration from QU. He is a Quincy native, and he has an impressive career as a varsity basketball player at QU and is currently playing professional basketball in Canada. Tanner, thank you for joining us all the way from Canada. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with your international basketball experience. Right now, you are on a team in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, but you have played in three countries in your first two seasons. So tell us about that and how you got started in, in this professional international basketball. It has been absolutely nuts. And I always love when people um, ask me these questions because I never have a straightforward answer. You know, it's always really, really tough. Um, but no, you know, I think um, I had a really successful two years um, at QE, my last two years, my junior and senior season, um, which was uh, I was able to get an agent. Um, and then my first stop was over in Finland. Um, and so my wife was able to come over there with me for a little bit. Um, and then we were uh, I was wanting a little bit more as a player, uh, a little bit more professional league, um, a little bit more competitive. Uh, and so I made my way to Windsor, Ontario. Um, which I played last year. And then I was originally in Portugal for a little bit before this. Uh, my wife was not with me there, so that made that a little difficult. And we both, you know, kind of made the decision that uh, Windsor was going to be the best fit for another year. And so I was able to come back here, and they welcomed me with open arms. Um, and so I, that was a really special thing. Um, and I'm really glad that I was able to have a good relationship with uh, – the organization and the coaching staff to be able to have me back for another year. So what is it like to play outside of the U S how, how is it, how's it different? Is the competition similar? I would say it's, it's chaotic. That's the best way to describe it because um, European basketball is a lot different. Um, You know, those guys are, um, they're kind of a lot like me where they're very tall. Um, They have a specific skill set. But then you start to trickle in some of the Americans, um, some of the other import players, and, you know, that can kind of not cause some issues, but it's hard to kind of find um, the groove or chemistry uh, with the two different playing styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, you know, for the people, the, my basketball people out there, you know, they labeled me as a European-style kind of player, or my skill set is very European, not necessarily Americanized. And so um, I would say the biggest thing about being overseas is the culture difference, you know, and obviously, you know, everybody was like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, you don't really understand that until you're there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, especially when I was in Finland, those people did not speak English because the town I was in, uh, there was a lot of older people and they, they just don't teach it there. Now, they, the younger generation there, yes, they do. Um, they were able to speak a little bit of English. Um, but, you know, my wife and I would go out to go shopping and we'd have the Google Translate on our phones right there. It'd take us, I think the first couple of times we shopped there, it took roughly, I want to say an hour and a half, <laughs> you know, just for a shopping trip, just because you have to Google Translate everything and you can't ask for help because everybody just looks at you, you know, like you got two heads. Yeah. It's like, well, we don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. Um, Portugal was a little different though. You know, I, I think Portugal by far was one of my favorite places. Um, some of the best pastries I've ever had. And uh, the thing uh, the thing about the people there is a lot of people do speak English, but once again, it's a lot of the older generation that don't, but they try to understand 
what you're trying to say. You know, the Portuguese people, they were fantastic. They were great people. Um, they were very welcoming. Um, and then, you know, here in, in Canada, I'm just right across the border. So there's really no difference. You know, I'm, I think I'm a, right now where I'm staying at right now, I'm probably a five to 10 minute drive to Detroit. Oh, know, wow. crossing the border. So yeah, I'm very, very close. And this is a very Americanized place. Um, you know, obviously everybody says a, uh, you know, every <laughs> once in a while, um, and they love hockey here, but that's really the, the main difference is I would say the main difference being in a different country is definitely the culture and trying to adapt to the language. So the people that you play with and against, uh, you know, are they the same age, uh, sizes? What, what is that like? So I'm really happy you asked that question. So in Finland, this was <clears throat> this caught me off guard. So the thing about about Europe is they start these these kids. They don't have they have high schools, but they don't have high school teams. They're called club teams. And so what happens is um, you have your professional teams, and you have the, the they're called feeder teams. Um, which means that you have these clubs that feed into these professional teams. So sometimes you could be playing with, um, like I'm trying to think when I was in Finland, I would have been 24, 23, 24 years old. So I could have been playing with a kid that's 19 years old or 20 years old, but he's good enough to play at that level because he's been through um, that feeder system and he's been competing and playing really hard and things like that. And so they give him a shot. And so I remember one time in Finland, they had a kid, um, they wanted to see how he did at the pro level. The kid was 18 years old. And so they wanted me to go up against this kid at 18 and, and, you know, be physical with him and things like that. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. The kid's 18. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to, I feel terrible, you know, trying to not really bullying this kid, but you know, obviously I was a lot bigger and stronger, faster than these kids, 18 years old. And so it was kind of, that was the shock to me. Um, I will say when I was in Portugal that we played, uh, preseason game against a, a Spain team, team from Spain. And they had a kid that I think was 19 or 20 years old playing the point guard position. And he was one of the best point guards I've ever seen. I mean, the kid was flat out phenomenal. And, um, you know, but that's the, that's the thing about Europe that, that you can see is they produce and they, they let kids grow differently than they do in America. You know, where America, it's, middle school basketball, junior high basketball. Then you have, you know, freshman basketball, JV basketball, varsity basketball, mm-hmm. and then, you know, so on into college where in Europe, you're kind of thrown into the fire right away where you, those kids are put into these clubs and they're competing against grown men. If they're oh, able wow. to make it to the professional level, um, you know, Canada, honestly, Canada is just a bunch of Americans and a few Canadians. I mean, these are, this is a grown, uh, grown man league. Um, where I'm playing against, there's a couple of guys on my team that are in their thirties um, and they're still in their prime. So, I mean, that this is a little bit different. Um, this is a more athletic league where a lot of, once again, for all my basketball people, a lot of G league guys uh, come to this league um, and pretty much just score a ton of points so they can get back into the G league and hopefully make the NBA. Um, so this is a lot more, I want to say this is a lot more athletic league where we're playing more fast paced where Europe is more slow paced and things like that. So what does your daily schedule look like? Ooh, that really, that varies. You know, I think um, the reason it varies is because sometimes our practice times will change, but usually I'm up by 8, 8.30. And, you know, I, I'm a big stickler on routine, you know, and I think that's a huge reason why I was able to get to this level and get to be a professional athlete is my routine. 
um, and attention to detail. So, you know, I'll get up, um, you know, I'll make breakfast and things like that. I'll, you know, do my daily devotionals. Um, I got a book that I'm reading by David Goggins right now that's called Never Finished. Um, kind of a mindset book that kind of, uh, you know, kind of harden your mind and, and get through tough times and things like that. So I'll read a chapter of that every day, um, about halfway through that book. And then I'll go to a place here called Hoopology, which is a gym that's got a ton of space, ton of rims, got a uh, weight room, all that stuff. So I'll go there and get my hour, hour and a half of shots up. I'll come back. Um, this will be probably about 11 or 30. I'll eat lunch, have about 45 minutes of downtime, and then we'll go to practice. We're there for about two, two and a half hours. Um, and then I'll be back roughly four, four thirty. Um, then some of the guys, uh, we'll all get together and kind of, you know, talk about practice, how things went, um, shower, you know, make some dinner. And then we got kind of another three, three hours to ourselves. And then we do the whole thing over again the next day. Wow. Very sound, <laughs> sounds very intense. <laughs> Slightly different than my day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure being in Canada has has helped um, because I know your family um, gets to see you play more than they did when you were farther away. So that has to be nice too. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, they obviously they still stream the games, um, but like my parents are coming to our our game in London, which is about two hours away from Windsor. Uh, this Saturday, and then our home opener is uh, next Friday or Saturday, I think, and then they're coming back to that, and my wife's coming to that. So it's it's really cool to be able to have them see me play in person because I mean, it, it's not the same um, seeing it in person versus seeing it on a TV screen. Yeah, you know, it's just not the same. Um, the atmospheres here are, are a lot different. They're cooler. It's really cool to be in a professional atmosphere. Um, so it's really special uh, to have them there uh, to see me play. You know, you had a very impressive basketball career at QU. You were a thousand-point scorer. You were in the top twenty scorer in program history, and you were a two-time All-Conference GLVC selection. What are some of your fondest memories in your time with the QU basketball team? Oh man, uh, there's a lot because you got to think I was there for five years. You know, I redshirted my first year. Um, I think I enjoyed the most the preseason. And I know a lot of a lot of college athletes would be like, "This dude's crazy," because I mean that's usually <laughs> the hardest time where you're running, you're lifting weights, you're doing all that stuff. But that was the time where you could see the team start to come together. Um, you know, I got to see that my freshman year where I redshirted and that team was a uh, 25 win team and went to the NCAA tournament. You know, that team came together in the preseason, and it was a special team. You know, another memory that sticks out to me was my junior year that team. Um, you know, we came together, uh, in the preseason and it was a hard, it was one of the hardest preseasons we've had. You know, we ran a lot and we lifted a lot, but I mean, that was the team that probably was one of my favorite teams to ever play with just with how close we were. Um, you know, then my senior year was, was kind of a struggle with COVID, you know, we were off and on, you know, for mm-hmm. months, um, until the season. But, um, I think it was, it was such a special thing to see teams come together in the hard times. Um, you know, I think also the road trips, those were, were an absolute blast, you know, being able to spend time with the guys, um, in the hotels, uh, you know, going out and getting dinner together. Um, even the study halls, you know, doing homework together. I mean, you, we had a lot of guys that were in the same classes. And so we'd be, you know, doing projects together, or working on homework assignments together, you know, studying for tests together, things like that. 
Um, and those are the things that, you know, at the time you, you take for granted. Um, sure. and, you know, looking back, um, it was a special time. And, you know, I don't even get that at the professional level. You know, guys are kind of to themselves a little bit more private um, because basketball is your job. You know, you, you go and you get your work in and then you hang out a little bit, but then you're you're back by yourself. For college, you're with that team a lot. You're in classes together. You're in practice together. You're in the cast together. Um, so I think those are some of the memories that I have um, and that are really special to me. Well, let's uh, take a brief break here, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Tanner about how his time at Quincy University prepared him for his basketball career and for life. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawks Nest. QU Hawk fans never have to miss a game. Visit QUHawks.com and click on the Media tab to find the GLVC Sports Network. It's available on both your desktop and mobile tablet devices, as well as four over-the-top platforms, including Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Android TV, and Apple TV. All live and on-demand archived video is available free of charge. For game schedules and the latest news, visit QUHawks.com and follow Quincy University Hawks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And welcome back to From the Hawks Nest. I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and we've been chatting with Tanner Stuckman. He's a 2020 QU graduate and is currently playing uh, basketball in a professional league in Canada. And Tanner, tell us about how your time at QU prepared you for that career in international basketball. I think the biggest, the, the best word that I can say for Quincy University preparing me for basketball and for life is the foundation the foundation that I was able to build um, to get me to where I'm at right now. Um, and I think that's something that honestly started at, at Q&D my last year, where I kind of got a, a little bit of a taste of it, like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, but then I came into QU, and I, I had no idea what I even wanted to do with my life. You know, I, I, I first wanted to, to be a pilot, which I'm like, wait a minute, a six nine guy <laughs> in a plane, that doesn't really fit. That doesn't really work. Um, and so then I moved to, to criminal justice. You know, I took a few classes with that and I'm like, I don't know, you know, maybe I won't do that. And so then I kind of played it safe. I'm like, well, everybody says, you know, business is, is good. And so I went the marketing route um, and the relationships I was able to build with a lot of the professors and the faculty at, at QU was really special. Um, you know, I didn't really grasp that until my junior year, I would say. You know, because the first two years of college are always are always rough. You know, you're kind of trying to figure it out. You know, well, maybe I'm interested in this. Maybe I'm interested in that. You know, and then you throw in being a college athlete on top of that. Um, but my junior year, I was like, it's like a light bulb went on for me. I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm able to connect with a lot of people here. You know, if I just take the time to introduce myself and talk with them, you know. And so I think that um, – the ability for, for me to connect at QU has helped me to connect outside of QU, you know, whether that be basketball, random people in the community at Quincy, it doesn't matter. Um, and so I think um, you talk about that foundation and that foundation was, I always had the work ethic and things like that, but I was always lacking those extra skills and Quincy University not really made me, but gave me the platform to connect and branch outside of sports. Okay, let's go talk about this class, you know, marketing. When I was in my master's program, let's email back and forth to professors about healthcare. Let's branch out, okay, what's this idea looking like? 
you know, that's one thing that really stuck out to me and helped me kind of build that foundation and grow it. Um, and so now it's, yes, I'm playing basketball, but now I'm, I can look beyond basketball and think, man, like that foundation and the ability to be able to communicate with other people is going to be big in what I want to do after basketball. Um, and also being a husband, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, being married, it's hard. And so you got to communicate. Um, but that's the biggest thing that the foundation that I was, a- was able to build at QU was, uh, is definitely helping after. You know, you kind of mentioned this, but you know, I'm sure it was tough balancing being a student and being an athlete. Yeah. I mean, that- I think there's such a, a cliche with it. Um, a lot of people see Division One athletes, and that's all they see. Um, you know, I'm not saying Division One athletes have it easier in regards to uh, being a student, being an athlete. You know, because I don't think that's that's a thing. But I think that they do have a lot more resources. You know, they have people that can walk them through things, help them with things. Where at QU, you you got to figure it out. You know, you can't have any time to sit there and think, well, I don't know how to No, You've got to figure it out. You've got to reach out to people and say, listen, here's the deal. I need, to, I need to get in contact with a tutor. How do I do this? You know, nobody is holding your hand, walking you through each step every single day. You know, they give you things, you know, the, the platform, but you got to do something with it. And I think that's one thing that, once again, it took me a little bit to figure out, you know, that it's okay to contact the teacher and say, Hey, do you, do you guys, do you have a tutor for this class? You know, Oh yeah. So-and-so does this, does this, you know, there is, I can't go to somebody in the athletic department and say, Hey, I need a tutor, figure it out for me. No, like yeah. you got to do it yourself. You got to take the ownership to do that. And maybe that's one thing I like about the small school, you know, feel about that is, you know, necessarily, we don't might not necessarily have 300 million resources where we can hold your hand and walk you through things like the big time division one schools have, but we're going to give you the platform where you can be successful and you're going to have to hold yourself accountable. And so I think that's the biggest thing with being an athlete and being a student um, is accountability. You have to put in the work. Yes. I might be tired after practice, but I still got to study for this exam, this test afterwards, and you got to get it done. You got to find a way. Um, And so that's, that's another special thing about QU and that small school feel to it is the accountability, especially as an athlete. You know, there is, there is no escaping it. You got to put in the work and, you know, it's going to show in the classroom. You know, you, uh, there's no secret. You were a townie quote unquote, uh, <laughs> like, like your parents both were yes. and, uh, and myself, I'm a townie. Um, and, but, um, you know, you, um, I know participated in other things on campus besides basketball, mm-hmm. made a lot of friends and had some really great memories. Do you have one memory that stands out about QU aside from basketball? Man, <laughs> there's a lot. I would say the, uh, so I was staying with a, a basketball player. We were also staying with another student that we had become really good friends with. Um, that he was a former manager of the team and decided to step away and kind of focus on school and things like that. And so we're like, no, man, like you can come stay with us. Uh, and we were staying at a campus house. And so I remember one night, uh, he probably doesn't even remember this story, but I do. So he left for some reason, we had a, we had a side door. He left the side door wide open all night. Oh, geez. (laughs) And so I, I just remember waking up and I'm like, 
why is it freezing cold in here? <laughs> why is it absolutely freezing cold? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, who messed with the thermostat? You know, and I was, I was a little bit angry because I woke up and I'm like, I'm freezing. And so I walk out there, you know, the door's wide open. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, this was back when uh, we would have early morning waits. And so we're talking probably 6 a.m., 6.30. You know, we'd lift for an hour and give guys uh, a time to, to shower and get to class by 8 a.m. And so I go and I go slam on his door. And, of course, he doesn't have class till you know, the afternoon. <laughs> so, he's, you know, he's upset with me. And I'm like, dude, you left the door wide open. And it's freezing. <laughs> like, come on. Um, man, like, good grief, man. But I think it, another memory is – um, the support of, of Quincy University, and you know, not necessarily with with basketball, but the support of everybody on campus. You know, obviously, um, the majority of campus is athletes, but the support from outside of athletics, from the faculty and everybody that um, that they give to everybody, like they support one another, and I think that's a, a huge memory of mine where you can. You might have, um, you know, a game or whatever, you know, and they, they, oh, good game. Or, you know, you talked, like I mentioned before, you had the relationship with the uh, professors, you know, say, hey, let's talk to you about your test. You know, you did really well on the test and they're wanting to see you succeed no matter what, whether it's in the classroom, on the field, on the court, it does not matter. Um, And so that's another fond memory I have uh, of Quincy University. And I'm sure that you've stayed connected with um, some of your teammates and friends you made here on campus. <laughs> oh, yeah. One, you know what? I think I'd, I'm trying to think. I got probably eight or nine guys I still talk to, believe it or not. Um, you know, one of them uh, was a Serbian guy. He's actually playing professionally in Spain. I still talk with him. Um, I still talk to my former roommate, um, um a few other guys on the team. I mean, I think that's one thing about athletics that gets kind of overseen a little bit is it's not necessarily at the time it's about the wins and losses, but looking back, you know, it was about the relationships that you made. Um, and, you know, these are guys that I'm going to talk to the rest of my life. You know, if I, if I'm visiting near their city where they're staying and I'm going to want to take them out to lunch or dinner or spend time with them, you mm-hmm. know, and that's one thing that's another memory. Um, that I, I'm really fond of, and I was really, I'm really happy and excited that I was able to experience that. Well, what advice would you give to current QU students, um, whether they're just a, a normal, you know, academic student, or mm-hmm. they also play a, a sport? I would say my advice would be to get out there and experience things. You know, don't don't hold yourself into just your group, whether that be a sport team or a club you're part of. Don't just be in that circle you know, expand that circle out and, and build relationships with people. You know, that's one thing that I look back and I, I honestly regret that I didn't do that earlier. You know, I waited till my last two years to, to build relationships with people outside of basketball. And um, I think that's important because yes, you're, you're planting a seed right then and there. You know, if you build that relationship, that person may, may need you down the line or you may need that. It doesn't matter. You know, you want to you want to build those relationships and really broaden out that that uh, circle. And um, once again, it's a small school, so there's really no excuse why nobody or anybody can't do that. You know, yeah. and so I think 
that is my biggest advice is to branch out and, and have fun. Enjoy the whole process. You know, I know looking back, I thought, man, studying for this test is going to be so hard and it's such hard work. It is hard work at the time, but looking back, I'm like, man, like I got a lot more things now that are, that I got to worry about that. Like taking that test was not as stressful as I made it out to be, you know, so take things one of the, one step at a time, one day at a time. Don't freak out, you know, ex, expand that circle and um, experience new things. And, you know, a piece of advice I think you could give too is to, you know, you can put your mind to it. You can achieve it. And I, if correct me, if, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, either was it in high school that you weren't even on the team and you walked onto the team? Yeah, that was, uh, so my story, I'm sure a lot of people know my story, but, um, you know, I started at the very bottom, even from high school, you know, I was, all my friends were playing JV varsity as, as a freshman and sophomore and I was on the freshman team. Yeah. You know, I didn't get a lot, I didn't get a lot of minutes my junior year on the varsity team. Finally, my senior year, I was kind of starting to get outside my shell a little bit and play a lot more. Um, and then I was a walk on at QU and, you know, being a walk on at, a division two school is yeah. <laughs> that's hard. Like that is hard. It's not, I, I it's not a big time division one, you know, the big time division one, you can walk on and it, it's okay. But like, no, division two, it's hard. A small school, it is really, really hard. Um, and so you're absolutely right. Like if you just put your mind to it and work extremely hard and you see the goal, even when people are telling you that it might not be, mm-hmm. you know, attainable or achievable, like you can accomplish anything you put your mind to. Well, Tanner, uh, my thanks for spending some time with us today, and best of luck to you uh, in your season. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest, where we talk to alumni, Franciscan Friars, students, uh, faculty of Quincy University, and learn about their QU journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and remember, it's always a great day to be a Hawk. Hawk.